Grab your Bible, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, then we're going to flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. You know, two weeks ago I started a series called Two Kingdoms. And then I felt like the Holy Ghost interrupted us and had some things he wanted to say specifically to us. The first thing was to make sure that that good thing... Y'all know what I'm talking about? That good thing is guarded on the inside of us. If you weren't here for those messages, you can get that on podcast. And then I believe he spoke to us last week about the fire of God. So I want to hit pause on that, and I want to go back to the series that we started uh, concerning two kingdoms. And I'm doing this for this purpose. I, I, I told you this a few weeks ago, and I want to tell you this again. When we got ready to plant, I was, uh, this is intimidating. I got all these iPhones pointed at me. Everybody's, <laughs> we just need to buy a video camera or something. <laughs> Make sure you get my good side, Asia. Make sure, make sure you get my good side. I don't have a good side. That's the problem. Um, I told you a couple of weeks ago when we started this message on two kingdoms, I told you this. When we got ready to plant, I started wrestling with, you know, how, how are we going to approach this from a preaching perspective? How are we going to do this? How are we going to, what, what do I want to say to our church that's going to help set the tone? You know, back in, when I was in high school, I attempted to play football. And that's uh, attempted to play football. All right, I was smaller than I am now. I attempted to play football. And this was, this was the level of coaching that we received in our football team. We didn't really know what we were doing. Coaches really weren't sure what was going on. This is what they would tell us to do. They would say this to us. When kickoff happens, when you kick the ball off, don't worry about where the ball goes. Find the first person wearing the other colored jersey and hit him as hard as you can. So you can set the tone, right? They might score a touchdown, but at least you let them know they're going to have it to do, right? I was normally the one being hit instead of the one doing the hitting. But I, I've, I, approached, I approached the plant like that. I thought, you know, well, we got to come in here in our first couple of months. we got to set the tone for what it's going to look like as far as the Word of God goes. And you find this, all of, the, all of the church growth wisdom tells you, make sure you preach the best messages you got up front. Right? Preach your greatest hits. Preach Casey Dawson's greatest hits up front so you can hook people and they'll buy in and they'll become members of your church and you can have a big boom. And I decided well, we could do that. I've been preaching for a long time. We got plenty of sermons to pull from. Or I can establish a foundation of revelation and understanding that I believe is going to serve this church for the rest of our life. We're not here to try to impress you with eloquence of speech. I want to lay foundation of understanding that's going to serve us for the rest of our existence. Everybody said amen. And one of the things I want to talk to you deeply about, and we're going to reference this, as long as you come to this church, you're going to hear this preached over and over and over again. I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom. Say it right. The kingdom of God. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, let me read a couple of these verses, and then we will get to chapter 14 at the end of this. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, I'm going to start with, let's start with verse 4. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand.
stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith should stand in the power of God. How be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. No, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world to our glory. Look at verse 7 again. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Everybody say, speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We're going to come back to that. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew it. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord. But as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love them. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so... The things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. Watch that phrase. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. Let me begin here again to, 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 to reestablish this, and then we'll go a little bit deeper. There are... In operation in the earth today, there are two different kingdoms. There are two kingdoms. Paul even alludes to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's all through the New Testament. Jesus even talked about it when he said things like this. You are in this world, but you're not of this world. Another translation says you are in this world's system, but you are not of this world's system. Paul referenced it again when he wrote in Ephesians chapter 2 when he said, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world's system, the world's system. He says over in Romans, be not conformed to this world's system, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There are two systems at work. There is There are two kingdoms at work. You have the kingdom of God, and then you have the kingdom of this world. Bless your heart. I know y'all are burning up. I'm burning up too. All right. Can we just plow through that? The kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. Or to say it another way, God's system versus the world's system. Or God's ways of doing things versus the world's ways of doing things. God has a way of doing things. And the world has a way of doing things. You can conduct your marriage according to God's system or according to the world system. You can raise your kids according to God's system or according to the world system. You can handle your money according to God's system or according to the world system, but you are operating in either one of two kingdoms. Now, the word kingdom means this. It means the domain in which a king reigns or rules. You hearing what I'm saying? So a kingdom, when I say kingdom, when Jesus talked about kingdom, and kingdom was the only thing Jesus preached. 
Jesus never came in and said this. He never said these words, come to the altar, pray a prayer, get forgiveness of your sins, and go to heaven. Jesus never talked about that. He said this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He actually stole John the Baptist's message. John the Baptist was standing by Jordan saying, repent. Change the way you think for the kingdoms of heaven's at hand. John gets thrown in prison. Jesus picks the mantle of that message up and says, oh yeah, change the way you think for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus never talked to us about going to heaven versus going to hell. He never painted these pictures that we paint about hell today with the devil and pitchforks and lakes of fire and all this. He never talked about that. He talked about one thing and one thing only, the kingdom of God. Repent for the kingdom of God. And he also said another way, the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, the kingdom of God is within your reach. The kingdom of God is right at the edge of your fingertips. And the only thing keeping you from embracing the kingdom of God is the way that you think. So if you, if I could get you to rethink, you can step into the kingdom of God and step out of the kingdom of this world. If I could get, a, if we could get ourselves to change the way we think, we could get out of the world's ways of doing things and get into God's ways of doing things thinks. When Jesus died on the cross, if I were to sit down with you and ask you, what was the purpose of Jesus' death on the cross? Most people would say this, Jesus died on the cross so I wouldn't have to. Jesus did not die on the cross so you wouldn't have to. Jesus died on the cross to show you how. Y'all ain't ready for this this morning. Because he said, if any man will follow after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Paul says it like this. You must crucify your flesh with its affections and its lust. So what was the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross? It was not just, and this is how we interpret the beautiful work of the cross. This is, this is the way we interpret it. Jesus died, so now I don't have to go to hell. I can go to heaven Glory to God. And I think that's worth celebrating, number one. I still believe in hell. There's a lot of preachers that don't. I still do. Okay? Y'all still believe in hell, right? I mean, it kind of feels like it in here right now, right? As hot as it is. I'm not talking about my preaching. Huh? So we still believe in it. So we think that we think the apex of Jesus' work was he secured our salvation, our eternal life, our future life. So now we don't have to go to hell. We get to go to heaven. Glory to God. But life here has to be horrific. And if you can just hang on, plow through, stay plugged in, one day you are going to gloriously die and then go inherit everything Jesus paid for. And that is completely contrary to the kingdom language that Paul used all throughout our Bible. The kingdom is not something waiting on us. Jesus actually told his disciples, when you get ready to pray, pray like this. Your kingdom, come here. Your will, be done here on earth, just like it's being done in heaven. He is telling his disciples, I want you to pray this. I want you to pray that earth begins to look just like heaven. No, 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 no. I want you to pray that I so invade earth through you with my kingdom that you cannot figure out if you're in heaven or figure out whether or not you are on earth. If I had time with you, we'd get into some eschatology and mess your whole world up. Okay? Because you think you're going to live in heaven forever and you're not. You're not. We used to sing songs like this growing up. This world's not my home. I'm only passing through. Yes, it is. Jesus is going to remake the earth, and you're going to live in a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. But now, as a part of the church, we get to play.
play a part in the glorious redemption of this place that we call earth. The church is the vehicle by which the kingdom of God slaps the sides of this planet and consumes unrighteousness with righteousness. The church is supposed to be the vehicle by which sickness is consumed by healing and poverty is consumed by prosperity and depression is consumed by joy and worry is consumed by The church is the vehicle by which the kingdom gets into the earth. But we don't believe the kingdom is for now. We believe the kingdom's for later. When we die and go to heaven. We've created this separation. Earth, heaven, earth, heaven. And the only way you transition is die. That's our morbid gospel that we've preached. Okay? The best thing, if that is the case, the best thing that can happen to you is the day after you get saved for us to shoot you. Take you behind the barn and shoot you. To get you out of this God-forsaken world and into that glorious kingdom. Jesus says, when you think the kingdom is later, you are completely missing it. It is at hand. I've just got to get you to change the way you think about it. Because you've been thinking that it was for later. And I'm trying to tell you that the kingdom is for now. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. As a matter of fact, when the kingdom breaks through now, it is a sign pointing to the future ultimate redemption of the earth. Some of y'all, this is way over your head. Don't worry about it. Just... Hang in here. I'll be back in five minutes. All right. But when somebody's body gets healed, have you ever experienced divine healing? Everybody in here, anybody in here have been prayed for and been healed? I've had people pray for me twice and I've been healed just like that. Boom. Just been healed just like that. My body, by the power of God, boom, come into alignment. I know a lot of people don't believe in it. We still believe in it. I said, we still believe in it. Okay. And so whenever, whenever sickness afflicts somebody's body and they get prayed for and their body comes into alignment, boom, that is the inbreak of the kingdom of God. Because the earth is starting to look like heaven and there is no sickness in heaven. There is no poverty in heaven. Your kingdom just came. Your will was done on earth just like it's being done in heaven. Now, the kingdom of God is diametrically opposed this is this is this is this is the hiccup. This is the this is the rub. This is where we this is where we miss it. The kingdom of God is diametrically opposed and mutually exclusive to the kingdom of this world. Completely the opposite. And I'm not trying to hype you up this morning. I want I want to I want to plant something in your head that makes you rethink what life can look like. I want to plant something in your head that finally tells you I don't have to go through life depressed and anxious and full of worry and struggling and impoverished and hating my life and always stressed out and always redlining emotionally and my mind just being uh, frazzled all the time. I want to plant something in your head that says, no, 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 the kingdom's not for then. The kingdom is now. So the kingdom we came out of, when you got saved, when you got saved, you came out, your Bible says, of the kingdom of darkness, and you got translated into the kingdom of God. We think when we got saved, no hell, yes, heaven. Right? That's the extent of what we believe happened when we got born again. Not going to hell, we're going to heaven. It was not just your future life was secure. You actually got transplanted. If I had time to teach you, I would tra- I'd teach you that you got taken out of the first Adam. 
and plant it inside the second Adam. Right? Yo, okay. We'll, 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 we'll go there some other time. Got planted out of the first. Because what the devil did in the first Adam is not greater than what God did in the second Adam. You do know the Bible refers to Jesus as second Adam. Okay. You got translated out of the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of God. You got pulled out of the world's ways of doing things and translated into God's ways of doing things. But oftentimes when that transition happens in our heart, in our spirit, we're no longer in this kingdom. We're in that kingdom. A lot of times we leave our mind behind. That's why you have Christians that still have sinners' problems because they didn't make the leap in their minds. That's why when John came preaching, he said, this is what you got to do. This is the thing tripping you up. You got to change your mind. That's why Paul would always talk about the mind when he would say, we have the mind of Christ. That's how he would say, set your thoughts on things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. If there be any good, if there be any virtue, if there be any love, if there be any praise, if it be any good report, think. Think on these things. If I can get your mind out of the world system and into God's system, then the kingdom would be within your reach. So, in the world system, in order to go up, you have to climb the ladder and step on people on your way up. In God's system, if you want to go up, you got to go down. Because he that wants to be the greatest will be the servant of all. Y'all listening to me this morning? I'm trying to help you. In, in the world system, if you want to get, you take. In God's system, if you want to get, you give. Because in God's system, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Am I right? It's more blessed. So this kingdom that we're in now is completely opposed to the kingdom that, we're, that we just came out of. So we're trying to rewire 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Ain't nobody in here over, older than 60. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years worth of thinking and functioning and operating according to an old kingdom. An old kingdom. So... Paul says in, first, in Colossians, you were delivered out of the kingdom of darkness. You were translated into the kingdom of his son. Delivered out of and into. I told you this last week. I'm about to go somewhere new. Hang in here. You, a le- if, you, if you go put a letter in the mail, a letter is not considered delivered when it leaves your hand. It is only considered delivered when it shows up at the destination that you intended it to show up. And if you really want to experience deliverance in your life, it, it's not deliverance because you're not smoking crack anymore and doing drugs anymore. I think that's wonderful and we celebrate that. But you are only delivered once you've completely come out of this kingdom and stepped completely into the other kingdom. That's when you can say, I've been delivered. We've come out of that one, but have we embraced this one yet? Have we embraced this one yet? I'm tired of seeing Christians that have been born again and given their life to Jesus still struggling so much. Right? I want to look at him and just say, hey, hit me with a smile. Fake it if you got to. Fake it if you got to. Just, you know, be nice. Fake it. Act like life's going good. Fake it till you make it. Okay. Be, and we, and we've, we've not bought. We've never fully bought into the fact that my life now can be everything 
God intended, intended it to be because we believe the kingdom was for later. And some of us, we believe the kingdom's for now. We just haven't adopted the kingdom way of living. We believe the kingdom's for now, but we're still living according to our old system. We still think like our old system, right? You don't believe me? Watch what happens when somebody ticks you off. Huh? The old man comes back alive, don't he? I call him Jason. Y'all remember that movie, Friday the 13th? Y'all remember that? Jason, you could kill him. You could set him on fire. You could try to drown him, and boom, there he would come. And that's exactly what happens to us. We believe Jason's dead, but he still lives on the inside of there. And somebody tick you off in the park, boom, there he comes again. Jason is alive and well. He'll spook you sometimes. You'll be like, oh, Jesus, I didn't even know he was still around. Man, he just showed up at work Tuesday morning. My God. That's that old system resurrecting itself. That's why Paul said you got to die daily. You got to constantly be putting Jason in the grave. You got to constantly be crucifying that old way of thinking. It will it'll show up. Huh? Somebody say something about your kids. Whoa. Oh, somebody's about to get cut. Am I right about it? You dress all pretty up for church on Sunday morning, and you walk in here, and it's 112 degrees. Boom, I ain't coming back. I ain't had enough of this. Ain't going to treat me like this. Look, we trying. <laughs> Jason is alive and well, isn't he? Just look straight ahead and act like I'm not talking to you. It'll be fine. But you and I both know that Jason is alive and well. <laughs> Y'all with me this morning? Have somebody cut you off. Have somebody say something sideways to you at work. I already don't like this job. <laughs> it's an old way of doing things. When the kingdom's way would say, show them grace, show them mercy. <clears throat> so now it's between the kingdom of God and Jason. How do you respond? Because whoever you obey, that's whose kingdom you're still a part of. You hearing what I'm saying? Let me say it this way. You cannot step into God's kingdom and still operate according to the world's principles. You cannot plead God's promises and break God's principles. Doesn't work that way. Your Bible says that he is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. And whenever you see something happening in somebody else's life that's not happening in your life, you can't get mad or envious or jealous over them, and you can't have the nerve to get mad at God either. They are putting a principle in place that you've not put in place yet, so they have a reward coming to them that you don't have yet because the principle is what creates the promise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So this kingdom of God, this kingdom, this kingdom has... Hear me, hear me, hear me. I'll try to give you, without going too deep into what I want to preach in two weeks, I'll give you some of this. The kingdom of God has benefits. It has advantages that the kingdom of this world does not have. You hear what I'm saying? David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's Psalm 103. Forget not all this. The kingdom of God has advantages. Let me give you an example. Jesus said, if you sow financially, 
into his kingdom, you will get 30-fold or 60-fold or 100-fold. There is not a stock option available. There's not a mutual fund you can find that will give you back at a minimum 30-fold on a bad return. So y'all getting funny now because I'm talking about money, ain't you? I don't care. Okay? On a bad day, you're getting 30-fold back. That's an advantage and a benefit that happens inside the kingdom of God that does not happen in this world. He says, if you will honor me and honor your parents, I promise you, you will live a long life. That is a benefit inside this kingdom that we don't have in the kingdom of this world. He tells us this, if you will train up your child in the way they should go when they are old, they will not depart from it. That is a benefit that we have in this kingdom that we don't have in the kingdom of this world. That is, that's... The only way I know to say it is there's, 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 there's an advantage. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a step ahead. There's a, there's a, you, you're an extra rung up the ladder when you have God's kingdom working on your side. You remember when the children of Israel were trying to come out of Egypt? And Moses went to them and he said, let my people go. Pharaoh said, no. Moses said, if you don't let them go, we're going to strike this earth with darkness. We're going to strike it with darkness. So Pharaoh didn't obey Moses. They get struck with darkness. But the Bible says there was still light in Goshen. That's where Israel was living. There was still light in Goshen. What is he teaching us? He's teaching us that in this kingdom, there are advantages. That if the whole world is going through an economic recession, you can partake of that by being in the world system. Or you can get into God's kingdom that has never experienced a recession, a depression, a suppression, an oppression, whatever other session you got. The kingdom of God's never, there is never. You want to tell me that you can become recession proof? You get inside the kingdom of God? Absolutely. Because there's an advantage in this kingdom that the world doesn't know about. And it's not available for then, it's available for now. So the kingdom, I I hope I've convinced you, I hope I've convinced you at least by this point that we all need to step into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the kingdom for you and it's the kingdom for me. We don't want to conduct our marriage according to the kingdom of this world. They're divorcing over 50% in the kingdom of this world. Let's get into God's ways of doing it. If we did marriage God's way, if both husband and wife did marriage God's way, they would never be divorced. If we did finances God's way, we'd never be broke, right? Never be broke because God talks about things like this. Watch out now. Budget. Oh, die. Right? Because the borrower is slave to the lender. Hmm? Who wants to go build a tower and does not sit down first and count the cost? I know what you're doing. I know you're writing that check and believe in God. <laughs> writing that check on faith, right? Swapping that credit card. Jesus, don't let it be declined. Jesus, don't let it be declined. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, please, I hope the power bill ain't came out yet. I hope the power bill ain't came out yet because I need those shoes. And God, you're going to make a way. I have seen people blow money and blame it on God. Right? It's one thing if you know you're paying for your kid's medical treatment, you're believing God. But when you're buying those new shoes and believing God, come on, somebody. 
<laughs> Man, I, every time you talk about money, people get funny, which entices me <laughs> to talk about it further till it's not funny anymore. The two big taboo subjects in church, money and sex. We're supposed to, we're obligated to act like we won't neither, and in fact, we won't both. <laughs> what y'all newlyweds over here shouting about? They need, they need, they need money. <laughs> I'm teasing. We've got to get out of this kingdom. <laughs> Come back to me. <laughs> Will, you might want to get ready to play the piano before we are done. Get out of this kingdom and into the kingdom of God. Watch, 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 watch. Everybody say the kingdom of God. Say it. We only can access God's kingdom through God's wisdom. You have to access God's kingdom through God's wisdom. Paul even talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. We speak... Not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world. He says this, because the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. You hear what I'm saying? The wisdom of this world, foolishness to God. So if we want to access God's kingdom, we have to function according to God's wisdom, God's principles, God's ways of doing things. When it rubs our flesh the wrong way, we still have to obey God's principles. When we don't like what God said, we still have to obey God's principles. When it don't make no sense to our natural carnal mind, we still have to obey God's principles. If we want to get inside God's kingdom, think about some of the stuff that he said. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. What? Instead of if your enemy rejoice, is hungry, rejoice in the fact that he's hungry. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your brother offends you, forgive him 70 times 7. Even if he don't ask for it. God will allow people to offend you and then not allow them to apologize and see if you're still big enough to let it go even though they don't go to their grave never saying, I'm sorry. That's God's wisdom. Listen to what he said. If your enemy wants your coat, give him your shirt too. <laughs> this is a problem. Because I got some enemies. Y'all got some enemies? If your enemy wants you to walk with him one mile, walk with him two miles. Well, now, Jesus, you and I both know I can't walk that far. <laughs> huh? What is that called? That's called the wisdom of God. He says, if you want to be blessed financially, you have to get into the seed time harvest cycle. While the earth remains, Genesis chapter number 8, while the earth remains, both day and night, summer and winter, heat and cold, seed time and harvest will not cease. Hang in here with me. I'm about to close. Y'all with me? Y'all still in here with me? Hang in here. Plow through the hot. Okay. Jesus also said, if it be hot, have a good attitude and stay plugged in. That's what he said. So wisdom of God. 
It's the wisdom of God. So the kingdom of God says, he's, if you want to be blessed, you've got to get into seed time and harvest. Instead of holding on to everything you got. Instead of holding on and piling up and piling up and piling up everything you got, which is the world system. Y'all with me? Hang in here. Y'all with me? That's the world system. He said, no, my system is this, seed time harvest. See, we read that verse wrong. We think, we think he said seed time harvest. That's not what that verse means. He means seed time then harvest. Seed, every seed you sow, seed time then harvest. Most people, they sow a seed, and when they go to time, they don't get a harvest, so they ain't sowing anything else. But if you saw the kingdom of God, the way God saw it, you would sow the seed, and then when time started, listen, when time started, as soon as you sowed this seed, and time on seed number one started, then you would immediately turn around and sow seed number two. Then time on seed number two would start. And then when time on seed number two would start, you would immediately turn around and sow seed number three, and seed number four, and seed number five. And then when you reach the harvest of seed number one. Guess what's coming immediately after that? The harvest on seed number two. The harvest on seed number three. The harvest on seed number four. And then when you're reaping the harvest on seed number two, seed number three, seed number four, in the middle of all that, you start sowing seed number 15, seed number 16, seed number 17. And he said, you can get in this cycle where the reaping overtakes the sowing. You don't know if you're giving, receiving. You don't know if you're in seed. You don't know if you're in time. You don't know if you're in harvest because you're sowing some seed. You're waiting on some seed. Then you're receiving some seed. You're sowing some. That's the kingdom of God's way of doing things. Hang on, young William. Hang on. I ain't even got to my main point yet. That's the kingdom of God's ways of doing things. Y'all with me? So if we want to, I'm going to make this fast. I'm cutting out 90% of this. Watch. If you want to access God's kingdom, you've got to access God's wisdom. Right? If you want to access God's wisdom, you access God's wisdom. Listen to me closely. Two ways. Through God's word and through God's spirit. Watch. Hang in here with me. You hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost is the best financial advisor you'll ever have. I know you pay somebody and that's fine, keep paying them. But the Holy Ghost is the best financial advisor you'll ever have. Right? Why? Because I want to get in God's kingdom. I want to get my money in God's kingdom. I want to make sure my money is functioning according to God's way. And then I want to make sure my kids are doing it God's way. I want to make sure my wife, my life, me, as I, I want to make sure we're doing it God's way. Everything, I want all of my relationships to be God's way. Everything. I want to get my head. I need to get this head. I need to get this mind of mine inside God's system. And I only do that by accessing God's wisdom. And when I want to access God's wisdom, I access his word. Watch. And then I access his spirit. Because the kingdom of this world has the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world is accessed, what Paul talked about, by the spirit of this world. Hear what I'm saying? The spirit of this world gives you access to the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world gives you access to the world's ways of doing things. The Spirit of God gives you access to God's wisdom. The wisdom of God gives you access to God's kingdom. Now, can I share with you one more thought, one more thought? How many of you will give me five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. That's an old preacher trick. He fell for it. I'm not going to go five minutes. Watch. Let me show you this. 
Pull up for me, Joey. Pull back up for me. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 7. Everybody look up here on your screen or on your Bible. Chapter 2, verse 7. But we speak. Everybody say speak. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Everybody say mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, which was ordained before the world for our glory. So this is what he's saying. He's saying the wisdom of God is available for you to get into God's kingdom. But that wisdom is hidden. And you have to speak it. What? You have to speak wisdom that's hidden in a mystery. So how do you speak a mystery? I'm so glad you asked. Joey, pull up chapter 14. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no man understands him. Watch. Howbeit in the spirit he speaks. In the spirit. If you want to access God's kingdom, you have to access God's wisdom. But in order to access God's wisdom, it is hidden in a mystery, and you have to speak a mystery. How do I speak a mystery? If any man speaks in an unknown tongue, he does not speak to me, and he speaks to God, for no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. This is what he's saying specifically. You want to access God's wisdom? It happens as you begin to pray in the spirit. Because not only does God's system have its own principles, God's system has its own language. Oh, God, am I, I'm going to preach on, listen, I'm going to preach on praying in the Holy Ghost a lot. You might as well get used to it. Are you all with me this morning? That's what he's saying. He's saying the Holy Ghost is your untapped source for all of the wisdom that you need. When you run into an issue, instead of calling your girlfriend, get on your face and pray in the Holy Ghost. Have you... Now, for those of you that are new here, when I say pray in the Holy Ghost, I mean speaking in tongues, okay? We're not going to do that to freak you out, so you'll be fine, but that's what I'm talking about. We'll talk about that. Me and you can talk about that later. This is what he's saying. Have you ever, have you ever, you ever been, been faced with a decision and you walk around thinking you know how you're going to approach that decision and you just randomly praying, you know, under your breath, I don't know. Praying, glory to God. I'm trying not to freak nobody out. And then all of a sudden, a light bulb goes off. And you're like, I was about to make the dumbest decision in my, what was I thinking? You know what that was? Boom, wisdom got revealed in a moment. Oh, hallelujah. You ever had a, when we got ready to plant this church, we prayed about a bunch of different places. We prayed about West Palm Beach, Florida. Some of y'all ain't never been there, Google it. We prayed about Charleston, South Carolina. Don't tell nobody we prayed about Memphis. I ain't trying. I don't want them problems. We're walking around praying. Watch God make us plant a campus in Memphis. Walk around praying one day. Boom. Wisdom uncovered. Go to Knoxville. Boom. Wisdom. Wisdom. Listen, listen, listen. The wisdom you need to get inside God's kingdom. The Holy Ghost is the best parenting resource you'll ever have. The Holy Ghost is the best marriage resource you'll ever have. The Holy Ghost is the best financial resource you'll ever have. The best relationship. He is the best career advisor you will ever have. He's the best supervisor you will ever have. And he's saying, you're missing my kingdom. My kingdom's within your reach. My kingdom is within your reach. Everything I want. You go ahead and start playing, Will. Everything I want's within your reach. 
It's within your reach, but you can only touch it if you have my wisdom, and you only get my wisdom if you learn to pray mysteries and allow the Holy Ghost to uncover the hidden wisdom. The wisdom of God isn't hidden from you. It was hidden for you. It's hidden for you. This is what I believe. There's an old saying that goes like this. I believe it. All truth is God's truth. Right? All truth is God's truth. If the world stumbles upon something that is true, they only stumbled upon it because God chose to reveal it to them. Right? The cure for cancer will be found, but it will be found hidden in him. And he's going to uncover it because all truth is God's truth. Hear what I'm saying? So the wisdom you need, listen, the wisdom you need for every situation is hidden within your own prayer life, hidden in your own mouth if you would just learn to speak mysteries. Everybody thinks that Solomon prayed for wisdom. Solomon did not pray for wisdom. Solomon did not say, God, give me wisdom. He said, God, give me a hearing heart. In other words, let me access your spirit. And when I access your spirit, I will get your wisdom. And you know what happened because of Solomon's wisdom? He was wealthy. His wealth was created by his wisdom. His wisdom was created by his ability to access God's spirit. The Holy Ghost is our greatest untapped source. He's it. He's everything. He's the one that Jesus sent in place of himself. And Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go and send the comforter. Because as long as I'm here, I can be with you. But if he comes, he won't be with you. He'll get down on the inside of you. One preacher calls the Holy Ghost the one who stayed. Jesus went back to heaven, but the Holy Ghost stayed. And he said, I'll lead you and I'll guide you into all truth. My kingdom's within your reach. But you need my wisdom. Because if you try to access my kingdom through the world's wisdom, it never works. You need my wisdom and you only get my wisdom by my spirit. Stand upon your feet. Stand upon your feet. I know this one a big conference revival message. Get everybody down here, lay hands, fall out. I hope we prove by now we believe in that. We'll do that. This altar call is not for right now. The real altar call is, what do you do tonight before you go to bed? And you're running into some issues with your kids, and you don't know what to do, and you've been Googling it, how to beat my 17-year-old but not kill him. Search. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Listen, I've got an 11-year-old daughter. I need the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. Because nobody else has given me anything that works. I need the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. The real altar call is, what do you do tomorrow morning when you wake up and you pull up your bank account and the money's kind of funny? You just pray in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, teach me what to do. Show me. Oh, hallelujah. Give me your wisdom. Because I want to get inside you. Is anybody in here want to get all the way in the kingdom? I mean all the way in. I want my mind in. I want my money in. I want my family in. I want every part of my life. I want it inside 
that kingdom. I want to do life God's way. In Jesus' name, lift those hands to him. Father, we love you today. We are so honored to get to connect to your kingdom. We are so honored to get to connect to your system, to your ways of doing things. And I pray, God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to stir up fresh in the heart of every person in this room. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation stir up fresh in every in the heart of every person in this room. Show them the next step. Some of them, they're facing major decisions, major circumstances. They need help. They need direction. They need guidance. Do I do this or do I do that? Do I go this way or do I go that way? Do we have more kids? Do we buy this house? Do we buy this car? Do we put back money for this? And God, I pray you, Holy Ghost, you and you alone are the possessor of all wisdom. Give them the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation and the knowledge of you lead, guide, direct. Some of you, you own your own businesses. You need the wisdom of God. You want you want the, that business to grow. You want it to go to the next level. It is found that your answer is found in the wisdom of God. We want to see our church grow. We're just a few months old, but we want to see our church grow. We want to see it explode. We want to see it transform Knoxville. God, we need wisdom. We want to go plant a campus under the bridge to the homeless community. God, we need wisdom. How do we want to raise the money for that? God, how do, who's, who's supposed to lead that? What t- who's supposed to be on that team God we need your wisdom we need your wisdom we need your ways not our own ways but your ways we thank you we love you we bless you everybody say this to me say Father give me your wisdom give me your revelation give me your understanding we thank you today we bless you today we honor you today In Jesus' name, now everybody shout hallelujah.